All right, continue with your story. My bad. <laughs> so the mozzarella, the mozzarella ones melted really nicely, but the pepper jack, it like exploded. It like opened up a gaping hole in the breadcrumbs and just. Poof. What's the reason for that? I don't know. Um, I know pepper jack doesn't like. It's not a melting cheese. You no, know? it's not. They were good though, nonetheless. But still, you know, it looked like a fucking <laughs> like like in the Civil War when you're on one side of the fort and you see the cannonball go through and all like the wood splinters. Yeah, but with cheese. Ah. Cool, yeah, dude. Um, I remember. Um, oh my god, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we heard that one. But um, that was a combo smacking the mic. By yeah, the way, it was a total combo. Yeah, but um, what was I gonna say to you? Fuck, I forgot. So I remember when I used to work at the movie theater, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we had all the shitty cheese sticks and stuff that we would make in like the 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 fryer that we never cleaned. Uh, <laughs> Ew. But like, yeah, no, it was disgusting. I, I ate out of it every day though, so I guess it's not the end of the world. But um. What's we call it? Like you would get like the occasional occasional shitty cheese stick that would just have no cheese in it. It was just all bread. It was like heartbreaking because I'd make myself like thirty of those motherfuckers and like just chow on them through like a. It's a good snack. Eight hour shift, yeah. Just like yeah, okay, but yeah, like every now and then you get one that was like there's no cheese. Like how the fuck? Why? I believe it. How did that happen? Why? I don't understand. Because the cheese just like I said, if it's not well breaded, it'll find a way out. Yeah, it'll it'll find a way out. Little fucks. And I was I probably sitting at the bottom of that dryer probably still to this day. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> but as besides the point, you know, but um, I got a new phone game. What'd you get? Oh, that's the new iPhone. Ah, cool. Yeah. Uh, it was time, you know, it was time. I, I can't say that I know. You don't know? You know? I'm still rocking the six. Really? Success, yeah. Oh, look at you. Not, I'm, I'm not literally not giving this this thing up until it's, like... It taps out on you? Yeah, it taps out. Ah. I, I ain't giving this headphone jack up. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. It's precious. That, precious. That, it definitely sucks, but um, I like it, though. It's, it's, yeah, it's good for you. It's nice and shiny. I um, Did I ever tell you the story of how I... The last time I almost upgraded? Okay. was when the Galaxy S8 came out, and I really wanted the phone. I like really, really wanted it, right? So I went into the Sprint store, and I was like, hey, I want to upgrade. And they're like, oh, blah, blah, you know, you're good, you're eligible, blah, blah, blah. But the lady there took so fucking long. She took, like, like 40 minutes to prepare everything, right? Just to prepare the phone and the paperwork, right? Which is ridiculous. Yes. And by the time she got everything out, I said, you know what? I'm going to pay off my lease, and I'm, I'm walking out of here. Because uh-huh. I had enough time to, like, think it through. And I was like, I don't need this. Yeah. I, I want it. I don't need it. Uh-huh. And it wasn't big enough of a jump for me to justify that eight hundred dollars you know yeah and and so i was like i was like wow this is a case of taking too long <laughs> yeah it was realistically it was just bad customer service because yeah. if they would have taken 15 minutes you would have been locked out with a new phone they wouldn't have yeah i wouldn't have time to think about it and yeah. i would have walked out and you know i would have still probably been paying it off yeah but now you know i don't really owe them anything huh. so it's nice you know it is nice but yeah man all right, so you, you you ready to get this this show crack a lacking game? Let's uh, get it rolling like a, like an egg roll. All right, we actually gonna, we actually are gonna start off with the review. I know. That's oh, you want to go bottom up? Yeah, we're gonna go bottom up with this because I have a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ready? What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number ninety three. Nine three. Yes, sir. Uh, it is a dark. Uh, jury. Stormy. Stormy. Yeah, I felt so bad for you guys for the 30 seconds that you were out there getting rained on. Nice and moist. Moist. Uh, it is a dark day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois, but I like it. You know, I feel it. It's a good day to stay in. I was telling my wife, I'm because like, I wanted to do the spooky bowl this year, or because I'm not going to be able to do the turkey bowl. I'm like, we should have done like a Halloween football game. I think that would have been fun. And today would have been like a good day for it. 
or like last weekend probably would have been better, but still. Get nice and glistening. I yeah. remember the the turkey bowl we did two years ago yeah. at the park. That was good. That was fun. Uh, I figured this year, if we were ever to do it, do one again, we would go just go to the school. Like we would probably like cook food here and just go to the school down the street because they have a nice like lit football field. Football. Yeah, and play. But that's for like a future day. But for now, uh, yeah, we're back. And uh, I'm your host, Jacob, and uh, I have my buddy Gabe, and man, he's eating, munching on some combos in the corner. Good times. Uh, Gabe, how was your week, buddy? It was good. Um, tried a new round place. They opened up uh, not too far from us. Uh, it was all right. I didn't really dig it. Um, all what, my fr- what, what was this? It was. It's called Woo's Ramen. Oh, ramen joint. Okay. Yeah, and um, I didn't particularly love it. Okay. And um, none of the individual ingredients or pieces of the meal were bad necessarily like the broth was good the noodles were good mm-hmm. corn was all right but you know it's kind of hard to fuck up corn and uh but but my issue is it didn't really come together man you know like 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 i said none of the individual pieces were together but like when you bring everything at once and you kind of eat it it's nothing special still with a meal sometimes the sum is like the sum is greater than its parts and well because we go to this place called misoya and that place the the sum is greater than each individual part because it's an experience yeah, yeah you know it's really good and like I felt full after this place, but I didn't feel good full. I was just like, really? But when we go to this other place, I feel full. I'm in like a state of bliss. And you could put a gun to my head and blow my brains out right there. And I'd die with a smile on my face. Ah. So was this place like a, like a more of like a, like a fancy sit down or was it more like a kind of a fast food version of, it was like a weird hybrid. Like you go in and uh, they have like a tablet that you order your food on. They'll bring the food out to you and you just kind of eat. And I I don't know, man. I just, I didn't really like it. It was a bit expensive too. Okay. I feel like we paid more for less food in the long run. But yeah, when we get a chance, the four of us should go out to this Misoya place because it really is. Dude, we've been talking about that since the inception of the show. (laughs) Yeah, man. But but no, seriously, like that place is fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite like restaurant period. That's cool. Yeah. Um. What's it called? Because I know, like, we went to Forbidden Noodle, and I liked it. And like I said, that's kind of more of like a fast food kind of a joint. So I can I can only imagine how good the the actual like experience is. Absolutely. Um, I was on Adriana because I was watching uh, but you know the the Worth It Buzzfeed videos uh-huh. where they try like food the same type of food from three different price points and they see which one's most worth it. Well, they went to Japan for sushi, mm-hmm. and uh, they had like a three hundred dollar or four hundred dollar experience. But like the guy, it was like you had your own personal chef. Like cutting up everything for you, and it was like I told you, I don't even like sushi. I'm like, but I would totally pay that just to have the experience. There's a uh, phrase that you say to a sushi chef, which essentially translates into, um, "My palate is in your hands," uh-huh. which is like the greatest honor you could give a sushi chef. Which uh-huh. is essentially, I'm entrusting you to whatever you make. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, cool. I think there's a lot of art that goes into sushi making. Yeah, and uh, freestyle because I think freestyle. Uh, yeah, because like I said, a lot of these guys are just like, oh, I want to do this today. And then they do it, and mm-hmm. odds are it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Food, food is its own art form, and mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. Absolutely. All right, so I told Gabe uh, that we're going to start bottom up. Uh, we're do music first. We, mu- we got a big topic this yeah, week. Yes. So, so Gabe has has been on the, the hype, the mega hype train, right? The yes. uber mega hype train for this album. True. I, I was looking forward to it because you know I liked the last album a lot. That was my album of the year. The year it came out, right? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. Um, Actually, no, it was Space EP. No, that's fifteen. Oh yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, that was um, Silent Planet, where the end began, right? When the end began. When the end began. I'm sorry. Um, they dropped this new stuff, and like I said, Gabe was very much onto the hype train, and motherfucker. Um, and yeah, Gabe was really hyped for it, and I was looking forward to it, but I didn't really 
I'm like, okay, it's going to be another release, and I'm sure it's going to be good, and because the last album was fantastic, so you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to go first. Yeah, go for it. So I downloaded it. It came out Friday, Thursday? Friday. Friday. All right, so I downloaded the shit, and I listened through, and I told you this in, in the chat uh, yesterday. I'm like, there was probably six times as I was going through the album where I did like a woo, like that shit was like, it made me feel shit. And um, man, I then this is how serious I'm taking this album. This is just a kind of a general overview until I, we get we get down to track by track. Not only is this the album of the year number one right now, I think it kind of wipes the rest of my like list completely clean off, and I'm gonna have to reevaluate everything. So, so this this album set the bar really it, way, yeah. way the fuck up there. Yeah, it stands alone right now on my list. I'm I'm gonna wipe my list. So you clean. have a clear landslide victory, but yeah. now you got to reassemble the everything the pieces else. Yeah. for the other four. Yeah, and I kind of feel bad because like I'm like, oh man, Victims had a good had a good album, and I'm like, they're got, they're on the list. Congratulations, Smack. guys. Goodbye. Because Silent Planet just really just fucking wiped the floor with every single release that I have heard this year so far. They brought the heat with this album, and yeah. I think Silent Planet is in the same vein as Every Time I Die. That every new release tops the last one yeah. in a very good, progressive sort of way. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like there's there's so many standout tracks, then there's just so many beautiful elements to this fucking album that are just like, wow, that was unique, that was different. And uh, I was like, I was listening to it this morning with my wife. I'm like, damn, man, this shit is so fucking good. I was listening to it last night. I was I was playing video games. I'm try, trying to find a, a flaw, right? Just something. There's a couple of things here and there that I have issue with, but uh, overall, holy fuck, it is a five out of five album. Um, like I said, e- easily the number one of the year so far. The only one that I could see coming up the horizon is the Architects, and that's next week. That's next week, and. Based off what I've heard so far, uh, the Architects is going to be a phenomenal album. But right now, I don't see them coming close. Probably so, going to be a, a, a two, a distant, a solid two, a distant second. Yeah. But second, but fuck, man, this this shit is an experience. And we talked about this with the whole Bring Me the Horizon thing. That man, that whole album is an experience. This album is a fucking experience. It opens up with uh, when the, the night spoken. Thus spoke, and it is a kind of a nod to everything prior yeah. that Silent Planet has done. Because Garrett mentions, you know, the, the night God slept, uh, everything was sound. sound, and yeah. then he goes into when the end began. Yeah. And I thought it was a really good way to kind of start it off with a retrospective yeah, of what they've I, done. I didn't realize that because, like, if you, it's kind of a sentence that kind of works together. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is this the narrative that they've been trying to tell since the maybe? Maybe there's an overarching thing. It's because it's kind of like the first out al- because based off the title, the first album was about creation and kind of the beginning of everything. The second album was well, everything is stabilized, and the next one is like it's the over. Destruction, yeah. It's over, and uh, that's a beautiful narrative just based off the album titles alone. Not even getting into the concept of the album, which is phenomenal. So. Uh, let's give your overall opinion. Let's just go fucking track by track, Gabe. We'll, we'll do it that way. Um, sh- sure. Let me give my first impressions. Um, so, like you kind of mentioned, the moment Northern Fires dropped was the moment I knew this was going to be a, a like a big fat contender. Yeah. And um, so, I, the entirety of this week essentially revolved around me waiting for Friday to come, <laughs> waiting for this album to drop, and waiting for the new episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to drop. Right? Those are like my two things. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, and so my first listen through of this album, I, I, I listened through it front to back and I was, you know, listening to it on my way to work and I literally took the long way to work so I could finish the album. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this thing is like, 
whatever I say about this album, I can't do it justice mm-hmm. to what it actually is. Because, like you said, it's not it's not just a piece of music they cranked out. It really is an experience. It's an and I think a lot of these tracks, even though like Garrett went out and said like, "Oh, this song is about this. This song is about this." The beauty of music is that you can interpret it whatever anyway, wow. you want. Yeah, yeah. And I think that even though it. it a lot of these tracks relate to a very specific topic. They're generalized enough where you could bring it back home. Yeah. And I think he addresses a lot of really good political issues, mm-hmm. a lot of good religious issues as he's been having. And that, you know, from what I've read, he was essentially in a very dark pit. And he said that he wanted to blow his brains out. But he said to himself, I'm not going to do it till this album's done. <laughs> and and that's that's respectable because yeah. this is your craft, right? And, you know, I totally get it. We've all kind of been in a spot like that before, mm-hmm. right? And he cranked it out, and thankfully, you know, he's doing a lot better now. Yeah. But I think that that kind of that darkness fueled a lot of the really good elements in this album because yeah. there's a lot of like, there's a lot of really good ambiance in here, mm-hmm. and a lot of really good like effects and production work that goes into tying into a lot of these themes. And we'll yeah. get through it. Let, let's start this track by track. You got a you got a list up? Yeah, I pulled it up right now. So uh, thus spoken is, is kind of the intro we spoke about. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Because they're looking back at the last what five six years that they've been a band yeah. and kind of. Summing it all up, I think it's really good for bands to look back and see how far they've come. Yeah. And I think that uh, it, it serves a good purpose. Um, I wouldn't know if I would really call it a, you know, like a like a big track. Cause no, well, it's an intro. It's an intro. It's an intro. Yeah. Uh, I think it was really well done. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it sets the mood. Yes, it, it does. It has that really slow tempo with the build. Yeah. All right, let's talk New Eternity. How do you right. feel about this song? Uh, it's a good song. I think it's a good way to introduce the uh, the, the album as far as musically. Um Man, uh, I looked at some of the lyrics. Have you looked at all the lyrics for everything? I've looked at a lot of the lyrics, not not quite everything. Yeah, um, there's a lot of good shit in there. And uh, I was telling Adrian, I'm like, their, their complexity with wordplay is is insane. Yeah, it's, it's off the wall. It's it's in, like I can't. I other than like Eminem, I can't think of anybody who could make words go together as well. I would um well because because I have I bought the record right yeah and it has the little neat lyric sheet yeah and it has all like the works cited for each track mm-hmm. and some of these have like eleven or twelve mm-hmm. different works that have been cited and there's like a lot of literature references a lot of Bible references yeah like these guys not skimp out on anything yeah. so the the wordplay is just surface level of what we can describe it, it's true depth here you know yeah. it, it goes much further and beyond than what what we can sort of sum it up as yeah. And uh, man, it was a good opening track. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It gets you ready. I think New Eternity brings out the. Um, it, it sets the pace for the instrumentals on this album because yeah. they do a lot of new things with the with the instrumentals and the vocals. Yeah. Um, so then Northern Fires. This track has been out since like June, July. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a fucking great single. I think it stands really good in this album. Uh, I would say it's one of my favorites off this album. My, my, what I was gonna say was because when I first when I heard the that you know the song the single when it came out I liked it but I wasn't like blown away by it. I think with it is greater within the context of the album. Uh, it fits the narrative. Yeah, it fits the narrative a lot better. Um, now this is where the cleans. Okay, so outside of the context of the album, I was not big on the cleans. I think we mentioned that on the show previously. I just don't. I mentioned it too. And you're like, what are you, me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm not sold on them. Well, at least prior, right? Prior to the album's release. Within the context of the album, I think it works perfectly fine. Uh, I'm not going to judge them too harshly on it. Now, my thing about the vocals is not so much the performance is more of the production on it. It's, I don't know. It's just, I think they're too loud. I think they should mix a little bit better. Uh, I'm not going to blame, like I said, the performance because I think the performance is fine. Um, not going to change. It's not going to change your life, but I think he's definitely, you know, I think he's 
He tried. He put some effort to it. Who's who's doing the cleans? I don't even know. Who oh, the guitarist, the bassist, something like that. Okay, I'm not too sure what his name is. And we're sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it, it did a good job. And like I said, within the context of the album, the whole kind of rapid fire thing he does on the second verse, I'm like, wow, like that was one of the first. I'm like, woo, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, like I said, within the context, of the, I liked it before, but within the context of the album, it's like I think that ah. this. Personally, this song, I, I quite like it, and this is easily one of the standout tracks for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this song does a good job of introducing the cleans, because this Silent Planet album has a lot more um, clean singing as opposed to like clean speaking. Spoke, with, like, the spoken old, word, yeah. With old poetic core stuff, you yeah, know? yeah. So I think this track does a good job of slowly like weaning you in. Yeah. And like you said, like... Because I, you know, I didn't love the cleans when it came out, but now seeing it fit into the whole grand scheme of things, I see it because it's like weaning you in slowly, yeah, and it's preparing you for for one of the future tracks. But the next track we're covering is After Dusk. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, I got no, I got no strong opinion about it. Yep. I think it's good. Um, I think it gets overshadowed by a lot of these next ones, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Ask Your Dust is a good song, but again, it, it also kind of had one of those other moments, I think, before the breakdown. I'm like, okay, I, I see what you're doing here. And it was good. Uh, but yeah, I, I, was just keep, I was just keeping on. Keeping so, on. Visible Unseen was the last single they dropped before the actual album dropped. Mm-hmm. I think they dropped it, like, this week, Monday, yeah. something like that. It's phenomenal. It's yep. about, like, the homeless LGBT community. And like I said, this is one of those very specific topics, but, you know, you could still interpret it however you feel, man. And that's, yeah. like, the beauty of these tracks. They're, like, generally specific. Yeah. And I think this track comes out comes out absolutely swinging in your face with those blast beats mm-hmm. and those nasty, dirty, nasty riffs. Yeah. And I, I love this track. I think this is probably my number two off this album. Yeah. Single-wise. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, like you said, the narrative is very, you know, they do a great job of telling a story. I'm, I, I don't want to harp on it too much because, man, the whole album is just full of that type of stuff. It's absolutely. It's really good. It's a good song. I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked the chorus. The chorus was good. Um, man, they, you know, it, it's just the, the, the hits keep on coming. It's a hit parade. And uh, yeah, let's keep moving. So Look Outside Dream is a transitional song. It's, it's a very instrumental, instrumental, vibey, transitional, whatever yep. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it serves a good purpose yep. and it kind of stages, it, it transitions the stage into part two of this album, which yep. has a kind of a different feel to it. Yep. And the first song from there is Vanity of Sleeping. Yep. So here's what I want to say about this song. I love the production and the atmosphere on the song because the idea is vanity of sleep, right? So it's like a hazy kind of half awake, half dream state. Yeah. The the keyboard in the the beginning that no 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 that is one hundred ten percent some shit right out of Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. where you're like half awake, you're half in a daze, and I think it works so well with just the theme of the song and the whole idea of like like you know how sleepwalking worked with depression. This is like very much in the same vein of everything complements one another back to back mm-hmm. and it comes together to form a masterpiece of a song yes sir uh man you like you just kind of hit it out of the park with that i really have nothing else to say it's it's fucking phenomenal man i can't like yeah <laughs> fuck but i'm fuck. telling you that that keyboard like like i heard it you know because because this is another one of those singles that dropped before the album yeah. like way before the album i was like all right cool but now that like you're in it and you're you know you're in shit's creek without a paddle and you hear it you're like i get it yeah this is absolutely phenomenal especially after uh Following the kind of the like you said, the kind of the cloudy kind of uh, instrumental song, where it's kind of like the song is you coming out of that daze as you mentioned, and it kind of is like that story, like that journey you went through when you know where it's the, the song fucking it's called "Look Inside Dream" for crying out loud. That's the song before it, and it just blends so beautifully, seamlessly together with the you know the next one, and it just it does a great job. And absolutely. Story. So I, I like the song a lot. The next one, I like "In Absence" a lot. Uh, I don't know what I can't. It's an intangible thing because here's the deal, because as we're going through this, I'm like man. I know a lot of the song titles, and then if I were here, I would know it. But like, 
I didn't as I'm going through the album. I did not look at the the, the titles, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because it was just I let the whole story unfold. Uh, you're obviously more familiar with the titles than I and uh, than I am. But if I hear it, I know what it is. Uh, but this is one of my favorite songs that I heard, uh, and I think it's probably my second favorite song. We're coming on the first one in a minute, but man. Fuck, man. This is kind of what I mentioned before was that Garrett kind of almost steps back a moment and lets the clean vocalist come in. Yeah. yeah. This is the the song where he really shines through because he does a hell of a fucking job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Garrett takes a moment, steps back, real humble dude because, you know, he's essentially the front man of Silent Planet. And what he does is is just crazy, brutal supports on these nice, like, angelic cleans. And it just works so well. Is this the song that where he's he's singing about uh, screaming in a cave and you hear the the, the, echo. the echo of the cave, which is fucking fantastic? Yeah, that man. production choice is just so fucking well done. So this was also another single that came out. Yeah. And I think that you might have skipped over it. Yeah. But in the context of the album, like we said, this just works so beautifully. This is such an excellent song, and I think Garrett called it their dad rock song and i kind of get it yeah, yeah i still think it's a fucking banger though yeah, yeah. and this is good. definitely something i want to see live yep it's very 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 well done uh share the body now this one i'm not as familiar with i know that so this is a song about the opioid epidemic in the united states okay okay it's a good song man yeah, yeah no, absolutely <laughs> not my absolutely. favorite uh this is probably one of the songs that i'm not like crazy 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 about but i liked it i enjoyed it yeah, there's not a bad song on this album uh, Absolutely not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Not sure a bad I think they dropped five singles before the actual yeah. album. This could, is one of them. Uh, New Eternity, Northern Fires, After Dusk, I guess was one, two. Vandy Asleep, and The Inhabitants. Yep. That's five. I mean, I, I'm not really f- fond of th- that kind of way of... Uh, Marketing? Yeah, I'm not, I don't like it. I think the album... I think singles are meant to kind of breathe life back into an album, and I think if you blow your literally your whole load before the album comes out... Well, they didn't, though, because it's a 13-song... Album and I think they, they they didn't spoil the best one. You don't think but, so? But um, share the body. I think it's a solid track. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of complexity that goes into it, and I think what I like most about this track is how the blast beats and Garrett's vocals work, because it's just right back at you, and it kind of it doesn't give you a second to breathe until it hits the chorus. You know. Yeah. We stand alone. Yeah. I think it's really good. Moving on, firstborn. Yeah, Bernie. Yeah. yeah, Bernie. I think it's an excellent track. When I was listening to this the first time, it kind of reminded me of like uh, like gazing up at the stars, yeah, like kind of celestial beings, and it, it it had hints of like space EP, but I don't want to like compare it to that. I don't want to draw that you know comparison. Yeah. But um, listening to it, you know, it had that like kind of twinkling vibe to me. Yeah, where like stars twinkle and you're looking at like you know, and that's kind of the vibe I got off it. This is another really good track that I liked off it. Production is phenomenal. Yep. Uh, I like the two. Good stuff. This is like where I said the songs really start. Well, these two kind of the songs kind of start to blend together because I, I have a hard time kind of pinpointing which one is what. But like I said, I, as I was going through the album, a lot of albums that we go through, I'm like, eh, that, that one was eh. I didn't have that with, with, the, with this one. So, fuck, man. It's just good stuff. Uh, now, Let's get into it. The killer. Yeah, this one is uh, probably the biggest standout track for me. So, so can I start with this one? Go ahead. When I was listening to this... On my way to work, I had to like do a double take. I was like, "Am I listening to Dance Gavin Dance right now? Is this like after the burial?" Because this song comes off as like genty. Mm-hmm. It, it really does with the with the guitar work and the guitar playing. There's a lot, like a lot of tapping and some ghosting in there. And I was like, "Wow!" I think my favorite track off the Silent Planet album is the song that's the least Silent Planet of them. And this song is just so well done. They really came out of their comfort zone with this, and the guitar work is phenomenal on it. Yeah. Like I said, like I had, to, I, I was like looking at, it, I was like. Hang on, is this fucking dance Gavin dance? And it was like that's what I thought initially because yeah. they do a lot of the like Will Swan, you know, he does like a lot of this these techniques. sweepy the sweepy kind of yeah yeah. But 
I, I was like, what the fuck, man? This thing's really good. It's, it's just a straight banger. Yeah, and- this one's more of a traditional uh, gent kind of metal kind of a vibe with a little bit of that flat, that Silent Planet flavor. But like you said, this is a little bit out, out, out of the box for them. They did a great job with it. Uh, man, that shit fucking... That opening clean guitar is just fucking rip so so good so, so good. goddamn hard yeah but um like i said man this this song like took me aback i was like what the fuck yeah and um good. and this is my this is my number one track off okay. this album just because even without context this song works so fucking well and it's just so kind of brutal without being brutal okay you know what i'm saying yeah. it really brings the heat the the heaviness isn't due to the guitar work necessarily but it's due to kind of the theming and it fits the song in that regard as opposed to Let's just fucking chug, chug. It's not about that. Yeah, they don't. They're not chugging because they have to. They're chugging because they want to. Yeah. And there's a lot of good stuff going on in this track. And like I said, we've only had, what, 48 hours, maybe a little less to actually like get to know this album. Yeah. And I think there goes, there's a lot to say because you know damn well everybody in the band wanted to drop this. Yeah. And you you could tell that they held back and and this was like the the best surprise that this album gave me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow. Yeah. This song is is a fucking banger." Yeah, it's very 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 extremely good. And like I said, one pie one of my highlight tracks, number 1 probably and all that good stuff. So then we have another transitional instrumental kind of vibey song called yep. a Look Inside Awake. Yeah. And that kind of transitions us to the last bit of this album, you know, out of the sleep zone. Mhm. The Anatomy of Time, man. Yeah, man. Th- this was an interesting track yeah. for me. I think there's a lot of uh, sort of experimentation with sound, style, and effects. I just love the vo- that vo- that that title, The Anatomy of Time. Like that's like, they, how, how the fuck do you even interpret that? Because time know? is a very because they they have time is something very big with Silent Planet. They've mentioned time uh, numerous times. Uh, we're just a casualty of time. These type of things. These are the things that they talk about. And it's just like, fuck, man. Yeah, man. I think it's a really cool dissection because at the end of the day, time is just a human construct. You yeah. know? Like birds have no concept of time or, yeah. or shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's really cool that they step back and they kind of like examine things for maybe not what they appear to be, but what they, what we deem that they are. Yeah. You know? And I think there's a lot of really cool shit that Garrett does. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, even like the title of the track is just something so simple, something so like overlooked. But then you're like, what the fuck what, does that even? What mean? does anatomy of time even fucking mean? Yeah, yeah. and it's it's really good. Um, again, this one is another highlight for me because near the end of the album, because he mentioned that in the in the verses, I'm like that that time thing, man. I I don't know what it is about the whole the time the concept of time when it comes to maybe losing it or. Uh, running out of it. Yeah, it's one hundred ten percent subjective. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a very interesting concept to me, and Matt, because like, and here's here's my idea before we we, we finish everything off here. Um, I know an album has an impact on me when I listen to it, and I'm like, I want to write something. Yeah, and you feel inspired. Yeah, I feel inspired to get up and like, you know what? Maybe I should sit in front of my computer and kind of work something out. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe I'm what I'm feeling. Maybe even if I don't even understand what I'm feeling, maybe I should sit down. Something, man. Something. Yeah. Do something. Sometimes you gotta throw a blindfold on and just type. Yeah, that's how it is. Definitely. And, and uh, um, so this album did that for you. Yes, I'm, I'm good to hear. It. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's it's good shit, man. And so uh, so let's wrap this bitch up with. I would say this is probably the mo- one of the more anticipated songs off this album because yeah. uh, I don't want to say Silent Planet is a mixed bag, but I, I I would say that we didn't really know what we were getting into with yeah. some of these other tracks. Yeah. But Depths Three, you had a clear concept of Depths Three because we've had Depths One, Depths Two, and now Depths Three. Mm-hmm. And, Brutal. It has the slow brutality of like Genghis Khan marching in the mountains type of shit. It really brings back like older Silent Planet vibes combining with the new sort of production values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I dig it. 
And I mean, what what more is there to say than if you have enough patience to write a essentially a, a, a trilogy of songs over the course of six years of your band's life, and all of them bang back to back? Yeah, I think that's just an accomplishment. In itself. And, and not only just you know to write because fucking Escape the Fate did that with the Guillotine trilogy, so to speak, and it's just like eh, you know what I mean? It's fucking about Halo, right? It's about the, the depth of the depth of depths that is really where it shines all you know as a whole because it's not ah, dude it's just cuz the thing about the depths trilogy is that there's a lot of I'm not going to use depth here cuz it's going to be too easy but there's a lot of girth to it there's yeah. a lot there's it's, wait it's like a cubano you know there's just Ooh. so much going on into it pressed into this little 5 6 minute song yeah you know it's really scrunched down but when you sit back and you're not like scarfing it down like a wolf and you sit back and you enjoy the sandwich you're going to get those undertones you're yeah. going to get that 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 kick you're going to get those contrasts of flavors yeah. and i think that's what makes the depth tri- tri- trilogy so good yeah and i think it was good to wrap up to the album um i don't know if they're going to do any more depths i don't think they are i think that i think this is a good place to end that yeah um, I think it was a good wrap up to the album, but even then, I think it's also a good wrap up to that trilogy itself. Yeah. So the, the this song is a two fold for two fold purpose track. Yeah. I think overall this album was is fucking bananas yeah. back and forth. The record is beautiful, by yeah. the way. I gotta show you a picture of that. I saw. I saw the, the yeah. No, and sorry. honestly, this is like album of the year for me right now. And you know, I'm not gonna discredit Architects because they're giants and they're you know constantly progressing. They're gonna have to really wow me, mm-hmm. and I, I said to myself, the only thing that would like knock this album out of my number one, like clearly and definitively, is like if every time I die and converge did a split, and then you had like like all these crazy features on every time I die songs. Like that, the, the, it's gonna take nothing short of that. You know what I'm gonna say? Huh. The only thing that would knock off this album is if Vanna got back together released the album within the last month within the last six weeks the last six weeks of the year well even then man even, even then, then it would be a hard it even would be then a, it'd be a hard sell but um man this fucking album it, it did stuff it made me feel stuff and it's very like I mentioned it with the whole Bring Me the Horizon thing it's very it's not very often that that happens there's a lot of music that you and I listen to we're just like ah, okay cool moving on next there's a lot of music that comes and goes it's filtered through our through our metal detectors mm-hmm. sort of let's say right hey i like that right but then what comes out on the <laughs> other end the the clean water the clean metal at the end you know what resonates with us and what stays i think that's few and far between yeah just like a van album you know mm-hmm. but um overall i think this is just i think is their best piece of work yet yeah honestly and i'm excited for their future and the only thing I want to see is I want to see more more features on these tracks because he did it with uh, with Spencer yeah. Chamberlain and I thought that was a great feature. That was a good one. Yeah. Maybe do like a single here and there. I think Davey would be a fucking great feature because they sing about a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, definitely. You know? uh, fuck, man. I I, just, I don't know what to say other than the fact that if you don't, even if you're not, and here's the deal: if you even if you're not into metal, so to speak, this album is fucking art. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether somebody's like, "Oh, screaming doesn't take talent," listen to this shit. It'll change your perspective on what. I'm, I'm gonna get back to that screaming thing in a sec. But fun fact, I'm gonna end, I'm gonna kind of wrap this up, right? Because I didn't know this about Garrett. Did you know that he has a master's in psychology? Yeah. And did you know that he was a therapist before he started yeah. Silent Planet? He said that at, uh, at Warped Tour. Did he really? He said that he had a, a patient. Who, what's what song? What's like it was a patient who was dealing with some sort of like multiple personality kind of disorder off the last album. Fuck, what was the name of that? fucking song i don't remember the name of the song Psychoscape, maybe 
where lab like where the song is about his patient de- dealing with her multiple personalities it's very interesting and he's a very smart very smart very sharp cat that kid yeah, and um you could you could definitely tell like i said with the wordplay and that the, just the things that he references like like the thing the works that he cites you're like no normal person seeks that shit out seeks out these artworks so to speak and this guy did that well him and keith have a lot of the same references like yeah. uh, c.s lewis and t.s Eliot, to be mm-hmm. specific both of them really like that those two authors yeah um Nepian said, I think for Christmas we should get him some toe socks. No more walking around barefoot at the bottom lounge. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, though. But yeah, man, fucking Phenom- phenomenal album. Yep. Um, easy album of the year. And that's after two days of listening to it. I imagine if you give me some more time to marinate on it, it's only going to get better. So, uh, fuck. Good stuff, guys. Silent Planet, you guys should be proud of what you accomplished here because it is a piece of art. And you know what's wild? I, and I managed to do this with a lot of bands before I end up loving them. I have a picture with Garrett. Me and Maddie have a picture with Garrett from when we saw them open up for the Devil Wears Prada, which was exactly a year ago today. Cool. Right? And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I have that picture because now it's probably going to be even harder to get to them. Yeah, for sure. They're only going to get bigger from here. I don't I don't yeah. doubt that. And and one one last quick side note. I know I said the last one was that, but when we were at the bottom lounge and we were waiting in line to see him, Garrett spent like 20-something minutes with this one kid just talking to him about some, like, you know, probably some personal issues. But I was like, that's that's wild. You know, a lot of these guys probably don't want to even don't have the time. be yeah. at the meet and greet. But this dude set aside a whole 20 ass minutes after he was nice and greasy. And, you know, from his set, he literally talked to this kid like a heart to heart for 20 fucking minutes while we all waited in line. Very cool. And not to say that, like, you don't get the fuck out of the way. But, like, I think it, it takes a lot and it takes a very good character to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, his greatest gift is not so much his what he outputs is what. No, or not what he. Yeah, outputs is what he inputs. I think him listening to people is probably his greatest gift, which allows him to tell the stories that he tells is because he's listening to what people have to say. Good shit. You yes, ready sir. for the next topic? Yeah, let's... Uh, let me do... Well, I'm let's gonna, go bottom up. Well, yeah, let's fucking do that. Yeah, let's just... Let's so, a uh, band that... You know, it's funny because you mentioned it last time. You never know what you're really going to get with Slipknot because they go dark for a bit there, right? Yep. So, they dropped a single on Halloween Day called uh, All Out Life. And it kind of took the internet by storm. Yeah. Because, you know, when you go dark for a bit, you know, you, you come out with a single with no kind of prior warning shots. Um, you know, people go crazy, especially for a band that's as big as this. My first impression when I was hearing this track was the guitar riff. It sounded like something straight off of Iowa. It sounded like some left behind type of shit. And it had that old, very good kind of like dirty, grimy riffage. Yep. Um, as the song progressed, I ended up liking it less and less, and I think it's an okay single. Yep. I think Corey's vocal work is, is fine. Shoddy. I think that um, he didn't really play on those lows, those growls. He did a lot of almost spoken word. I think he can't do them anymore. You think so? I you think, think that's the issue? Yeah, because even when you hear him do a lot of his live stuff, the, the old stuff live, you're like, that doesn't sound the same. I, I, I don't blame him. Because his voice has been through a lot, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been he's done a lot of shit to it, and he is, has tremendous talent. But my main issues with these two songs are the drumming. I hate the way they. It's not so much the, the the drum parts itself; it's the production of it. It has a very Saint Anger Metallica kind of vibe, where it sounds like he's hitting a fucking trash can with the snare, and I hate that. It drives Whoa. me fucking. It drives me up a fucking wall. Well. Who else? What other band do you know that actually hits trash cans? Well, no, I know, <laughs> but I'm saying it's not a trash can that's being hit. It's a snare. 
I know it's a snare. I can hear the snare. It's it's yeah. That's my one of my biggest issues, and obviously, as I mentioned, is the vocal kind of delivery. Not so much the yeah the delivery of it. It just like I said, Corey's been through a lot, so I'm not gonna give him shit for it. Uh, the I've honestly I've listened to it twice. I watched the music video. I listened to it twice. Music video is bizarre. I think the music video was better than the music itself. Actually, yeah, I probably I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, very interesting with the whole bus and everybody going ape shit and whatever. But um, I would say that Slipknot's one of the few bands in the metal game that knows how to make a music video. Because so many bands just do the, oh, we're playing in X location. We're playing in a, the forest. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Silent Planet's guilty of that. The Devil Wears Prada is 110% guilty of that. Yeah. 100th guilty of yeah, A lot of these bands are guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. But Slipknot has been one of the very few that's delivered on all their music videos. And um, uh, that being said, I'm not going to discredit Slipknot because this might just be one of those weird one-off singles. Yeah. And it's kind of a middle finger to everybody that's kind of like, you know, you know, the whole OG Slipknot mindset. It's like, well, if you don't like us, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what this track was. Um, I will say it's kind of good to see him back. Back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just doesn't feel um, like home without Slipknot, right? You know, like when they're up and about, you kind of, you feel like there's peace in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, Um, I'm glad they're back. I will listen to the album when it comes out, but I will say that this single didn't really do much for me. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people love it and I know a lot of people hate it. I'm kind of on that Meridian, man. I'm not, I'm not leaning one way or the other. I got you. Um, I I guess I have mixed feelings about it. I'm kind of in the same category as you. Um, Maybe it's just, you know, a rough Maybe we're just getting older. Yeah, that could be it too. I mean, I don't know, man. I can still fucking rip to Iowa. I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing. I don't know if that's nostalgia, which we'll get into that because I know you. I saw you what you put on the docket this week, but um, I'm not sold. We'll see. We'll see what's next. Good copy. Do you think it's at least a step up from the Great Chapter, their last album? If like half a step up, if anything, because I think it's safe to say for a, a good portion of fans. I mean, other than Slipknot in Iowa, like every step, every step forward has been a step down as far as like the quality of music to me, as far as Slipknot goes. Cause like I said, the first two albums, you couldn't rank them either way, but you know, three was great, but wasn't as good. And All Hope Was Gone was okay. And Gray is like, eh. fun fact, that was the, old, the last album, the Gray chapter was the only Slipknot album ever in my lifetime that I have not purchased. Yeah. I have it, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, hopefully, it's a little bit better than like that. Like I said, man, I'm hoping it's just uh, like one of those one-off singles mm-hmm. and we get through it. Um, so let's, let's talk some uh, Suicide Silence. It's been six years. Holy shit. Yeah. So um, Mitch Lucker, the former vocalist of Suicide Silence, who passed away due to motorcycle accident. It has been six years. Uh, since he has passed away. Fun fact, I was in Florida when he died. Fun fact, I was on a train when I learned that he died. Uh, <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember. I'm like, wow, that, that, that was weird. I think I was on the way to pick up Adriana, I think, from school. But um, yeah, now Suicide Silence for me is one of those bands within the deathcore community that I actually quite enjoy. Uh, there was a time... Post-Lucker or... No, I, I I don't even listen to this shit after okay. after, after he died. Really, I, I know there's a the very teehee meme thing that goes around with what's the suicide silence has done since then, but uh, they were one of the bands that I, I enjoyed as far as that kind of like I said the kind of the community of deathcore, and uh, they are tremendous performers live, and he was a great performer live as well. And I just wanted to uh, give the guy a quick shout out because um, 
He is one of those guys that I think kind of transcended the scene. Uh, he brought suicide silence to a point that was bigger than any of like the deathcore scene has gotten to before. Yeah, they were almost in the point of being like mainstream yeah. shit. They were and just if, there. Yeah, and if you're in the deathcore genre, you know that's not really a thing. Yeah, or it never was, and it probably never will be again. But Mitch Lucker brought that. He he took the extra step, and he was standing on the pedestal. Him and that band at that yeah. point. Yeah, definitely, and. Um, I watched like the Warped Tour documentary and stuff like that. He was one of the most hardworking guys because he was thing that was like, you got to play. You got to play 300 days a year. You got to. He's like, you got to make money. You got to do it support your family. He's like, and the only way to get to these people, get to these kids is playing their small shitty towns. He's like in building following. He was one of those guys who worked for every inch that he got and deserved every inch that he got. And uh, whether you like the music or not, I mean, the guy, like I said, the guy toured 300 days a year for like six years. You got to give him credit for that. He worked with his ass off and um, mad respect and uh, love to the Lucker family. Uh, I think uh, his, he's sorely missed these days, especially with the way the suicide silence has kind of gone down since he died. Um, I just want to give Whitechapel seeing a, a recent resurgence. I, dropping new stuff. Yeah, I seen that. Um, that being said, I, I want to just touch on something really quick because the like the the Lucker track that I remember the most was uh, "You Only Live Once," right? Uh-huh. And even though that was like the meme in 2012, 2011, like "Oh, Yellow, Yellow." Actually, think, that was before the whole Yellow Drake thing. I think that song still stands the test of time. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, and I think that says something, even though it's been through like two or three kind of cycles of making fun of the whole, yeah. you know. State. You ever, you ever watch the music video for that? Yes, I have. It's ridiculous. It's, just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but that being said, if you're on a bike, wear your gear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, unfortunately, you didn't make it out. Yeah. But, you know, take it as a lesson. Yep. Take it as a lesson. All right. So now, moving on. Ah, yes. I'm so glad you put this band on there. So we're doing 10 song set list for bands. Um, This week, you picked the band. It was Every Time I Die. Uh, thank you, <laughs> first and foremost. Secondly, I, I love this because there's no wrong answer. There's literally <laughs> no wrong answer for any of these True. any of these tracks. True. You go ahead and go first because I went first last time. All right. So like I said, every time I die, I did 10 songs. I picked them out this morning. Uh, a little bit of a mix. I think you're going to be able to tell which are my favorite albums based on the songs oh, that are teens. involved. <laughs> Parts well, unknown. Yeah, well. All right. So opening up with Underwater Bimbos from Outer Space. Nice. Just because I love that as an opener. I want I think. to be dead with my friends. Yep. So good. I love it. And it's a great song. And uh, I just like the way it, it fucking kicks off where it's just... Sorry. Phenomenal opener. Yeah, it's a great opening song. And they've opened it with it before in real life. So it's fantastic. Moving on, uh, classic floater. You got you got to move on. You got to have floater be your second song. You have to. early, early. You're putting out the the big guns early. Yeah, floater. Uh, Final track. Yeah, fun track, fast, crazy. Uh, I've seen them do a crawl of death to the song. Nice, uh, good stuff. Moving on, thirst. Oh, another goodie. Yep, thirst. Uh, man, fucking fast paced, balls to the wall, crazy. Mule. Actually, I have a a, a slower quote unquote song on here, and it's coming up in a minute, but. Uh, yeah, but if you have thirst, you got to move on to to decaying with the boys. You have to. It, those songs are just like intertwined, even with the music videos. Fun right fact: that was my most listened to track of last year. Thirst or decaying with the boys? Oh, with the boys. Okay. So yeah, decaying with the boys. Uh, you have to. Yeah, like I said, those two songs are associated with each other, so you got to go. Now I'm gonna slow it down a little bit, just just a tad, just so everybody can get the vibes going. And this is fear and trembling. Nice. Moving on. Yep. Uh, good little track. Like I said, a little bit slower. It gets for those crazy kids who want to throw fists and beat down in the crowd. Yeah, there's a little bit of that too. Uh, a little bit more grindy. I like it. Uh, moving on. Glitches. 
because it's excellent o- track because it's awesome and it's fantastic. Now this one's a little bit of a sleeper. It wasn't a single, I don't believe, uh, but I love it. If there's room to move, things move. Is off of uh, what's things it called from Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown, yeah, fantastic little song. I love it. It's fast paced. Yeah, that one's a wild one, man. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, that's just fucking balls to the wall. Yeah, that's it's either right before or right after more. Right before, I think. That's right before it. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. Uh, moving on. The coin has a say. Yes. This, this yes, is eight. Yes, yes. And I like I like it near the end of the set just because it's so grimy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, moving on. Wonderlust number Wanderlust, nine. Wonderlust, such a good. Wonderlust is the prime example of walking that very thin line between punk rock and metalcore, and it's yep. so beautiful. Yep, it's uh, swinging for the fences, so to speak. I love it. Uh, this was like around the era that I maybe started to get really, really, really into. Uh, it's from New Junk Aesthetic. Yeah, yep. I started to really, really get into them because um, I seen them, like I said, at Warped Heart about a million times. But like, I'm like, wow, that song was that, that album that was, was a banger. Yeah, was something. The something. music video for that song is pretty great too. Uh-huh. And if you had to pick a, cl- a song that I close with, what would you say? That you close with? Yeah. Um, Number 10. Well, I know it's not Werewolf. Oh, shit. Yeah, you totally missed Werewolf. I you totally missed it. No Son of Mine. I th- oh, my God. I thought I had it on here. Um, I think wow. our closing songs are very different, and I don't know what kind of vibe you're going for right now. Which album is it off? Give me a hint. Low Teens. Low Teens? And it's the closer? Is it uh, Map Change? Yes, sir. Change. Oh, my God. I have to reevaluate this fucking list now, Gabe. Yeah, man. I totally you missed, missed two massive songs off of The Big Dirty, which I is... I totally missed that. How yeah, man. Fucking... You want me to go now? Wait, hold on. I'm replacing Thirst with Werewolf then. That's fine. All right. Sorry. Fun go fact, ahead. Werewolf was the song that got me into every time. Oh, I, I think that's, I think I think that's kind of everybody's entry point. I'm not going to lie. Well, there's, they got a lot of good entry points. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with my list, and we're going to differ here. Okay. We're going to have a lot of overlap, but then a lot of like, what the fuck? Um, so first and foremost, Bimbo's. Um, phenomenal opening track. Mm-hmm. You kind of nailed it right on the head. Bimbo's comes out swinging, big dick a roaring. You throw a wiffle ball at it, that cock's gonna smack <laughs> it right back at you, type of shit, right? I saw a dude at Warp Tour and he had a tattoo from Bimbo's and it said, When the iron sharpens the iron, it was like two swords. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, second song, Pedal. Uh, Pedal is so brutal of a track off of Low Teens. And I, I, you know, I had the fortune to see it, li- see it live. Such a great track. Uh, number three, Coin Has to Say. We're going to bring that out nice and early. Just get the fucking crowd going. Uh, four, No Son of Mine. Okay. Great track. I can't I'm, a werewolf. I'm so mad at myself. Five, Decaying with the Boys. Okay. Six, Werewolf. Seven, The New Black. Okay. That's the song off of Gutter Phenomenon. Um, if you if, if you get a chance, watch the music video. They're dressed up as like 70s porn stars, and they're at just, just this I, giant I, banger of a party. I believe I've seen this before. Yeah, and I think it's such a great track. This is another one of those like Wanderlust where it kind of walks the line of punk rock metalcore and just like rock and i think it's so well done uh moving on after new black we have a sleeper hit this is eight this is eight right uh this is eight this is a sleeper hit from parts unknown el dorado Ooh. i think that song has some nasty nasty riffage and i don't this is one of the very few every time it has songs i haven't seen them play live ever i don't think i've ever seen them play this live and i think it's a very underappreciated song i love it. it it's Aside from Decaying with the Boys, it's my favorite track off that album. Really? Yep, you know, absolutely. Like, what is that? Overseer? Was that the name of that one song? Overseer's a banger. Oh, uh, Pelican too. of the Desert's a banger. Overstayer's <laughs> a banger. Shit. Uh, more. Great. This is right next to Decaying with the Boys, honestly. This is such a great track. Okay. Uh, number nine, Wanderlust. Okay. Because it's a fucking banger. You and I had it at the same spot. And the number 10. Uh, I had the fortune of seeing this live as well at Warp Tour this year. 
Buffalo 666. Okay, cool. Hands on the dashboard where I can see them. <laughs> Keith Buckley comes out a swinging with this one. No map change. Um, I love map change. I don't think it's my favorite every time I die song. And then I did I did a little two-song encore. All right. Ah, it's cheating. Well, okay. I just want to throw it out there because this is my 10 set list. Uh, this, this is like if they ever did an encore, right? The first one is probably a track we'll never see live. It's just as real but not as brightly lit. Another heavy riffage off of Low Teens. I think it's a very underappreciated song in the same category as El Dorado and then Map Change. <laughs> that was my 10 song plus two set list for every time I die. Cheating. And like I said, you, there's really no wrong answer to this, yeah. man. Hmm. That being we said. Had, we had some similarities, some differences in there, though, too. I think our minor tracks were different because yeah. a lot of the big ones, you know, you right play. on the head. You can't have an every time it ISO without decaying, without bimbos, and probably without Map Change at this point in their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Gabe. So I'm going to allow you on air. To pick the next band that we do this with. Oh, is it my choice? It's your choice. So we did Architects the first time around. We did Every Time I Die. Um, I think Silent Planet would be too easy. Let's pick something that maybe we should revisit. Let's pick... Hmm. Let me see. What what genre should we cover? What Do whatever you want, dude. What genre should we cover? Let's do a 10-song set list for Straight From The Path. Okay. Because I feel like this is a band that doesn't get enough love on this show, mm-hmm. and this is maybe something we should revisit. Okay. Ten song set list for Straight From The Path. Straight From The Path. All right. Remind me, because cause I'm not going to lie. I woke up like at 7 o'clock this morning because, you know, the, the, what's it called? the clock was set back. And I'm like, okay, I got to make my list. So I sat on the toilet and made my list. <laughs> That's probably why you forgot the game. <laughs> Good copy. All right. Fuck it. I forgot Werewolf. What's wrong with me? Yeah, man. What's wrong with you? Fuck it. If you got to add, it's fucking what's it called? We'll keep thirst where it is, and then we'll do we'll a add werewolf. We'll do what a, a one, great encore. We'll do a one song encore, and it's werewolf. Boom, done. That, you know, this is actually a pretty good encore. Yeah, I know it is. Okay, so let's talk some nostalgia. I mentioned last week that I want to talk about this. I think nostalgia is terrible. Do you? Would you agree? So yes. Okay, um, I'm going to read some stats for you because I did some research for this topic. Right, I was pretty heated. So out of IMDb's 2018 top 50 most popular movies, how many would you say are Sequels, reboots, or spinoffs? All of them. 20 out of the 50. That's 40%. That's a massive chunk. Think about that. Yeah. Right? And then here's my next one, which is really going to fuck you up. Out of the top 10 grossing movies of the year so far, nine of them are sequels, reboots, or spinoffs. The only one out of those 10 that's not is A Quiet Place. And it clocks in at exactly number 10, the very last one on that list. Do, do you have the list in front of you right now? I do not. I know Halloween was number one on the top 50. Oh, I, I have the uh, I have the ones that qualify for my for my list. Out of the top fifty most popular, Halloween, Predator, Robin Hood, Solo, The Grinch, Fantastic Beasts, Aquaman, Mary Poppins Returns, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Creed Two, Incredibles Two, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Goosebumps Two, Johnny English Strikes Again, Jurassic World, Ocean's Eight, Mission Impossible, Fallout, and Tomb Raider. Eighteen of those. Wow. Eighteen of those. And so here's my kind of mindset with this whole nostalgia thing. Um, it's a very cheap tactic. Yeah. To work off that because reigniting something that's been dead for, you know, a decade, two decades plus, whatever it may be, is a cheap trick. It really is. It's like the bottom of the barrel kind of really scraping, right? And I think the issue with a lot of this nostalgia base is that it's stunting the growth and the progression of the Hollywood industry, of a lot of the gaming industry. Because you got some guys that do it well, like Santa Fe Studios or Santa Monica Studios, I'm sorry, that did God of War 4. Right, they brought back Kratos, but it's not the same Kratos you know and love. It's a completely different take. He's kind of grown up, and the game's matured with him, and so has the gameplay. This is a prime example of bringing nostalgia back to the forefront of your mind, but still improving upon it. Mm-hmm. How many games can you recall? How many movies can you recall 
that just kind of flopped and they didn't do anything. Off the top of my head? Shit, a ton. A ton, right? A ton. And it's crazy. And that's kind of my issue with this is I believe that we're in such a stage where nostalgia is such an easy cash grab because it plays on those emotions you had when you were a kid when you didn't know any better. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Want to hear some shit? Sure. Because you, when you brought up this topic, I uh, I not only considered like the gaming and movie industry. I thought about something that happened recently in professional wrestling. All right, so they had a main event, and you're gonna know all these names. At least you should, if you've been a wrestling fan within the last twenty years, you you would know all these names. That main event at a pay per view, main okay. evented. This is this just happened two days ago. The Undertaker, un- big the un- show. The Undertaker was in a tag team match with his brother, quote unquote, Kane. Okay. Think think yeah. about that. I know Undertaker both those. and Kane. Yes. Forever. Against Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Wow. That just recently, two days ago, headlined a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. I can't believe these guys are still cranking. Well, to be fair, Shawn just came out of retirement Like for this. I don't know why. Of all things, they're coming out of retirement. He's probably in, in the mood for some cash. Well, he fucking, well, first off, he looked fucking phenomenal still. But my thing is this. because when, when I saw this, I'm like, yeah, it's really bad because... You're not allowing the people, and this is just from any any kind of, you can take this from any perspective, but you're not allowing the people who are supposed to be the next thing, you're al- allowing them to be buried by the old guard. You're not allowing the new ideas, the new concepts to breathe because you're too busy smothering them with the old shit that it ends up being like you have to dig for. You have to dig for this new shit. And I think that's horrible. I think it's a horrible thing. Um, so I, when I saw this topic, I'm like, that's a, a, an example I'm going to lead up with because it's a horrible thing that's happening right now. Absolutely, man. With um, It really is a life and death cycle, you know, circle of life type of shit. you got to let the older generations, you got to kind of let them wilt. I'm mm-hmm. not saying, like, let them completely die. You can bring them back, mm-hmm. you know, because Undertaker's still a fucking massive name. Yeah. But for fuck's sake, you got to let some of these new guys flourish. Yeah. you got to let them come to bloom. Yeah. can't be, quote, unquote, nursing them and keeping them, you know, kind of pre prenatal type of shit forever yeah you know you gotta let them come to fruition and but because by the time they're ready or by the time that you're or by the time they think that they're coming like coming up ready to come up you don't care anymore because they're been too busy sitting on the well they're not as important because they've been sitting on the sideline for two years because these old guys can't get out of the fucking ring or the old games can't get out of the fucking way these new gaming ips they don't get the chance to, to breathe these new uh artists don't get a chance to headline tours because they're too busy opening up for fucking Lamb of God or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just an example, but I think it's a horrible thing as well. And uh, yeah. and that's just kind of my criticism on it, man. We're we're at a day and age where this is the easy cash grab. Yeah. Where you play with people's emotions. And some of these new renditions ruin it. And yeah. it's kind of unfortunate. They don't even get the... Because like you said, your, good, your great example is God of War. Because it's like, well, we're bringing back this name, but we're going to change kind of everything you know about him. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is... You kind of you almost matured with Kratos, yeah. Because when we kind of grew up in the same time frame, where we were like what 13, 14, 15 when the games were coming out, and we were that angry teen, we were, the, yeah, you know. But now, like you're actually a dad, yeah. You know the struggles, yeah. And you're like, boy, and you know you get it. And I think that was a very good move on that part. Yeah. And Disney kind of took the same approach because when we were growing up, you know, we were kids with toys. And now when Toy Story 3 came out, like, I'm in college, you know? Like, you're you're kind of also at that age where you would be coming out of college and stuff. Yeah. And Andy's at that point. There's something relatable to it, mm-hmm. and they adapt. Some movies, some series, some producers just don't understand that, and they bring back almost too much cheesiness from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. and they try to reignite a candle that has no more wax in it. I agree. 
And uh, it was a great topic, Gabe. It was a good topic. But, uh, man. I just like, wanted to get my rant out, man. No, I get you. I feel you, man. It's, it's 100% true. It's 100% legit. And I understand where you're coming from. All right? So, with that, so I'm gonna, we're going to go... I don't know. Should we just go all... Bottom up, baby. Bottom That's all, up. all the way? All right. Um, let's keep it going. Uh, Moving on to gaming. Okay. So, um, Steam had a Halloween sale. And I picked up two of my most beloved games um, for a total of $3.53. Um, cause they're literally never going to get any more cheaper than that. Have you ever played the Left 4 Dead series? I have. Ooh, wee, those games are fun. <laughs> Holy shit. So I got my buddies on, we played some four player campaign on Left 4 Dead 2. Oh man. I don't know if I like legitimately got worse over the years or if the game is so much harder cause we were playing on normal difficulty and we were playing like through some of the campaigns we were getting fucking molly whopped. It was yeah. insane. Molly whopped. And <laughs> honestly, these games kind of, cause I haven't touched them since like 2013 maybe mm-hmm. cause left for dead one is 2008. So that's 10 years old. Left for dead two is 2009. That's nine years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've touched them since like 2013 ish, you know, and bringing, pl- playing these games brings back so many fucking good memories. And I just forgot how fun it is to have that mindless slaughter mm-hmm. back in the game. Um, let me just give you an example of what we were playing. We were playing the mall level, you okay. know, where you got to fill up the, the Daytona car, right? Yeah. And we were playing on normal difficulty. Like I said, there's three of us. My buddy goes down, like the one that was kind of carrying the team. He goes down. He's dead. We're like, fuck. All right. Next guy goes down, dead, right? And it's just me. And there's literally one gas can left that I got to toss in the stupid fucking car and we can beat the whole the whole campaign, right? It's over. So I'm running around and the gas can's on the second floor of like the mall level stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so my dumbass takes the long way around because I have no sense of coordination in the game, especially when you hear yeah. like four feet behind you, right? <laughs> and so like my, my asshole is puckered this whole time out of nervousness, right? And so I'm running and there's a jockey behind me and you hear the tank thump thumping in the background. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> so I get to the gas tank, right? But I don't stop. The idea is you smack the E button, you pick it up, you jump down, you fill it up, you, you get out, right? Except when I ran past it, there was a crowbar next to it, and I accidentally picked up the fucking crowbar <laughs> and not the gas tank, and then I dropped down immediately, right? Because it was the that idea was, was one fluid motion, right? Yeah. And I'm at the bottom floor, and I take fall damage too, and I'm like, oh fuck, I did the wrong thing. <laughs> so the worst part was I had to repeat the whole fucking thing again, take the long way around, go back up to the second floor, grab the stupid fucking gas can, right? And thankfully I beat it. But I'm telling you that whole time, <laughs> like my other two buddies were like. Oh my god, I'm weird. <laughs> and I'm over here, you know, cheeks clenched. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and dude, honestly, for a game that's this old and for like OG Valve IP, so good. Was that Valve? Yes, it was Valve. Ooh. Um, and my buddy told me that there's an algorithm in the game where if you take too long on certain parts, the game will send you a massive fucking horde of zombies. And I never knew that before. Yeah. But. And I think that has to do with kind of why it feels like the game is harder now. Because if you sit around on your ass or you take too long in a certain area, they're just going to send a fuck ton of zombies your way and you're going to get murked. Mm-hmm. You're going to get spanked on. Mm-hmm. That was my kind of retro review. I, I missed these games. And like I said, I got both one and two for $3 and like 53 cents. It was fucking great. Very cool. So um, that being said, I do have another game, a new game for next week's docket that I want to talk about. Okay. I will say that though cuz like I said I'm trying to get more gaming talk into the community. Yeah, yeah. cuz it's been a lot of siege and a lot of Sony fan fan service around here lately. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my review. Okay. of the OG Left 4 Dead games. Honestly, if if they ever come to a current gen like PS4, you should absolutely cop them. Copy Fucking that. phenomenal. Copy that. Moving on. 
Was that that wasn't even a Sony thing? It wasn't that a Xbox exclusive? No, they were on both. I swear, I that was like that. Uh, uh, game of the year. We actually had this talk. Uh, me and my buddies had this talk on Friday night. Yeah. So I would say there's three big contenders. Okay. The obvious one, mm-hmm. God of War. Yep. Um, the other obvious one is Red Dead Two, mm-hmm. and the kind of one that uh, maybe is in the background, but you know, still kind of up there. Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Spider-Man. So wh- when I say game of the year, and I, we've talked about this previously on the podcast. It's not necessarily the game that came out this year, mm-hmm. right? It's a game that you played that defined your year. That's what a lot of my, other than album, I think that's a lot of kind of what I put as far as the year-end rewards. Now, I, I have an, a, an idea. Like I said, I kind of want to stay away from the Siege talk, but uh, I'm sure that's probably your game of the year, I'd imagine, so far this year, or do you have something else? I've been kind of drifting away from it. Oh, okay. So I will have to get back to you on that, sir. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, I think for me, obviously, the game of the year is God of War, uh-huh. I think, because it's just... It started off the year was like in March or something like that, and it was just you can't I haven't beat it yet. Like you can't you can't pass it. So it's such a well fucking developed game. And you mentioned something during the whole nostalgia's bad thing. How you said the gameplay grew with it. I think if the same God of War came out when I was 13 years old, I don't think I would like it because I think it's too complex, too complicated. But like you said, that game that crowd grew up, so they're like, fuck it, we're gonna build it for the crowd that's here. We're gonna play it for the smarter player, not the angrier player. Yeah, definitely. Well, not it's not always necessarily about ripping off skulls and stuff like that. Not as bloody. I mean, it had its moments, but it wasn't nearly as bloody as the original stuff. But um, I think very easily it's God of War right now. Now I haven't played Red Dead Redemption and I haven't played the new Spooderman. Uh, but have you seen some of the footage from Red Dead? Yes. Red- um, I one of the YouTubers I quite enjoy, uh, Clean Prince Gaming. He did a he made an excellent commentary on the game. Um, and he said something along the lines of, and I felt this because I'm a, I'm a computer guy. He said, I feel bad for the guy, for the programmer who spent 100 plus days just doing the fucking snow physics in that game. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Like mm-hmm. that sent shivers down my spine. Yeah. This game is very well done. Yeah. And there's a lot to it. And you know what? I'm probably going to wait till it goes up on sale. Me too. Because I don't want to drop the 60 on it right now. But mm-hmm. let's hope in Black Friday. Shit, I'll drop 50 on it, honestly. But yeah. There's a lot of good happening in that game. Yeah. And you know something's quality when Miguel won't shut the fuck up about it. You're talking to Miguel about it? Yeah. 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 Uh, dude, because I'm looking at some of the things like the grass fucking moving with the wind and shit like that. It's just like. Absolutely. That's fucking crazy. And uh, like a lot of like the kind of underlying mechanics. Well, I don't want to call mechanics, but like features are like if you beat somebody in like a card game or a game of dominoes, people in the town will talk about it for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it's something wild. Like if you accidentally shoot somebody. Like, people are going to be like, oh, fuck, this guy murdered, you know, Jeb over here. You yeah, know? yeah. And there's a lot of, like, goodies that didn't have to be there. Yeah. And it, uh, it's because that was actually kind of the next topic. And apparently it broke all sorts of entertainment records. It was, like, had the biggest three-day opening to any entertainment thing ever. Yep. And uh, they set a really good precedent. It launched without an online mode, without any microtransactions. But mm-hmm. this is um, the same guys who made GTA Five. Microtransactions are probably going to be a big deal because GTA Five netted $1 billion in microtransactions recently. Mm-hmm. And I think that this goes to show that it doesn't necessarily have to be there. That multiplayer should be a supplement of your game and not the main attraction. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. it, I'm sorry that it can be. Yeah. Let's, let's put let's phrase it like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, like the I saw like a uh, like a meme where it's the scene from uh, what's it called Infinity War where all the Wakanda people are getting their ass kicked and stuff like that. And Thor comes down, but instead of like replacing. Um, like the fucking creatures, they would put like the multiplayer games, so to speak, like the Call of Duties and the Fortnites of the world are beating the shit out of like the single player games. And fucking Red Dead Redemption comes down like Thor just fucks everybody up. That was like kind of the meme. And that's 100% true because the single player experience is kind of taking a step back to the multiplayer experience because you could nickel and dime every fucking thing in the multiplayer experience. And um, 
it's good, like you said, it's a good thing to have these single player only games out there. The Gods of War of the World, The Last of Us of the World, or and, whatever. And, right, they kind of avoided the whole issue here of having your servers crank the fuck down on launch weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Because what Call of Duty did was they was, was that they toned down their servers to a 20 hertz server, which is really bad. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there was a lot of like difference between when you shot it with the hitboxes and shit like that, right? They fixed it now, but they had to crank it down because of opening weekend. Mm-hmm. But Red Dead completely avoided that issue and they said, we'll figure out multiplayer down the line. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they got something. Uh, it's in beta right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're probably going to get it uh, like late November, maybe by Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this kind of goes to show that this isn't the main attraction. You're going to play through the story mode. You're going to do all this supplementary shit. And then multiplayer is going to come out and breathe new life into the game. One of my employees, he's like, bro, he's like, he's like, hey, did you get it? I'm like, no, I haven't got it yet. And I'm like, I'll get it eventually. He's like, bro, he's like, I spent hours. He's like, just fiddling around with the shit without doing a single mission. He's like, I was just fucking around because it's one of those games where you can do that. It allows you to kind of just. Just ex- fuck around do your explore. own Explore. Explore the world. And, uh, man, it looks great. And it looks fantastic. And I'm, I think they should be proud of the work that they've done because it's getting a lot of love. Now, next up, I know uh, after, you know, this game just came out. And I'm sure Rockstar is going to support it for years and years and years and years and years to come. But um, I think next up we should do another LA, LA Noir. I think that should be next. A revival. Yeah. No, just a sequel. Because first one was good. Good copy. It was very interesting. So, I think that's next for them. I think they should do that. Because I think the next answer will be easy. Oh, we just do GTA 6 or whatever the fuck. Next. Let's just fucking... Let's bring back LA Noir while we're at it. What do you think? You want to hit that pause button for a sec? Sure. All, All right. right. Ladies and gentlemen, security said I got to... It has to go. So, unfortunately, I had to empty the camel back at the gates of Warp Tour. <laughs> we're back, though. We're back swinging. Copy that. All right. I mean... So, let's talk some movies TV. All right. So... I saw an article. Didn't read it because that's very typical of me. Jacob can't read. Yeah, I, I see things. I see article titles. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just talk about it even though I don't. I, even though I have no fucking context. Even though I have no idea. I am clickbait. But yeah, so apparently uh, the executive. You are feeding everybody at BuzzFeed right now. <laughs> yeah. The executives at Disney recognize that episode nine is course correction. Uh, yeah. So I'm not going to delve into this too much because my next week's debate this topic is going to have to do with Star Wars. Okay. Um, Disney is doing what any business is doing with a major IP at the moment. They are evaluating their losses and they're doing a lot of damage control. Yeah. Because, and like I said, I'm not going to dive too deep into it because I'm saving it for next week. But they're, they're, it's like picking up jacks, right? Except all the jacks have sharp fucking thorny spikes at the end of them. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. And the gloves like bleeding and stuff. Ah, so yeah, that's how I, I feel about nine. Yeah, they're gonna have to do a lot. They're gonna have to have like Keith Buckley show up as Jesus right now. I'm, I'm fucking with you, but no, absolutely. The, it, course correction is like the the very light way to put it. It's more like fix what you destroyed. Fix what you broke. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I came in to get my brakes done. Now the engine won't even start. Yeah. 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 That's all I really want. I had to say about that. Good copy. Talk to me about Brie Larson. So Brie Larson. So that's my girl. She's from another planet, right? Yes, she is. Good copy. Brie Larson. I love her. I just want to throw that out there. Don't tell your wife. I know she knows. She's my she's my celebrity pass. Oh, okay. Yeah, we all have one. We all have at least one, at least one. But yeah, so she's playing Samus, or I guess that's what they want her to do. The uh, Samus Ran from the Metroid Metroid games. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you seen her? I think uh, like her. I know what she looks like. I haven't seen her in anything Samus related. Yeah. Well, I'm saying she should, and I guess that's kind of the rumor right now that she might do a 
Metroid movie. Ah, uh, yes. On another list of nostalgic things that we don't need. Well, a Metroid movie. Metroid movie. I would love another Metroid game. Oh, absolutely. Those are so good. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Moving on, plowing through these because I think the last topic will probably be one of our bigger talking points. Ewan McGregor to play Black Mask in the, the next uh, Bat movie. I thought that was kind of interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, can we get Ewan McGregor to play Obi Wan again? That'd be great. Um, good for him. I think Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is like the UK version of our Leonardo DiCaprio. I accept a lot less appreciated. Leo has a lot of big roles and a lot of big movies. I love Ewan as an actor. I think he's done a lot of good work, mm-hmm. like Malin Rouge, Train Spotting, Star Wars, obviously. I, th- I would say he's probably the highlight, the pinnacle of the prequels, right? How do you hear that? And he, he just brings a lot of good stuff to the table. And you know what, man? Like, this is your shout out right now. Ewan McGregor, you are doing it right yeah. now. You are in this bitch. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we love him. Thank you, Ewan. I think that's best. that's an interesting choice for Black Mask. Yeah. Obviously, they're going for a new adaptation of it. Um, and this is for live action? Yeah. I think he'll, he'll make it work. And, and here's my prediction. He will be the standout feature of that film. 100%. Because when that comes out, we're going to be like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. Yeah. But because, that's because we were spoon-fed shit, and this movie was somewhat edible, and then Ewan McGregor is going to be like the whipped cream on top. Yeah. I'd that's exactly the perspective that's going to happen. I would agree with that. I think it's a, a good look. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to do a good job. All right, so let's talk some Sabrina. We finished. Uh, we finished it. Uh, we finished four episodes. We're halfway through it. Okay. Okay. Uh, can I start? Because you kind of got to chat about it last time. Uh-huh. Okay. So first and foremost, you were a hundred ten percent correct. If you could tagline this series anything, this is not your mother's Sabrina. Yeah. Um. Here's kind of my opinion on it. We watched the first episode, and I wasn't quite sold. I was like, I don't really give a shit about anybody. But you know, luckily. I'm very thankful that I gave it a few more episodes because I'm really digging the the plot lines right now. And I think my girlfriend summed it up very well. You don't you don't really give a shit about anybody except Sabrina, Ambrose, and you know a couple of other kind of standoff characters. But what makes this kind of series good is the plot and how it unfolds and a lot of the interactions with. Um, that being said, I'm glad that uh, my my biggest concern was the first episode made it seem like Hilda and Zelda were gonna be absolutely useless. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of at the series where they're divided and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum right now and they're kind of showing purpose and i mm-hmm. think that's cool yeah and that being said i fucking hate zelda i loved her in the og serena she was like the good one and i hated hilda i was like hilda is so useless i feel the opposite way now i'm like hilda hilda is the good one and she's you know good and then Zelda's like fuck you like get the fuck out of my face type of shit i think the series is pretty good yeah and i haven't finished it yet you 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 have wrapped it up give me some thoughts about it Ah, man, it, it's it's good, because I would agree with you 100%. When you kind of started off, you're like, eh, whatever, moving on. It eh. didn't have a great opening episode. It, I'd agree with that. It wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like... Didn't have a great as good of a hook as it probably should have. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like like the like Void by Vanna. It didn't get you right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as it goes along, it, it does get better. At this story, Some of the storylines get really intriguing. Some of them get very, very dark. You're going to see some shit near, like, episode, like, 7... You're just like, whoa, she went there. Nelly. Yeah, she went there. And um, and I will say, and I, I, this is Adriana described it correctly, because there's things that Sabrina does in this French, in this series. You're just like, why the fuck are you doing that? You're fucking with the wrong shit. Why are you doing that? And Adriana's like, this is what a 16-year-old girl would do if she had magic unchecked. And I'm like, you're right. God damn it. So uh, she gets herself some, 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 some deep shit. And uh, that raises the stakes near the end of the series, near the end of the the season. Uh, They did a good job. 
Uh, I wouldn't say it's Netflix's best because I think Stranger Things season one would always be my favorite Netflix series. Uh, but I thought Hemlock Grove was excellent too. Yeah, I haven't watched it. They, they got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did a great job and I'm looking forward to season two. Uh, I think they did a good job. I absolutely love the girl they picked to, pick, to play Sabrina. She really does look the part. She is phenomenal and I love her. She was Sally Draper in Mad Men. I don't like her. Why not? I don't like her acting. Why? was wrong with it? I think a lot of the actors are like not, they're over dramatic and I don't like it. Over dramatic? Okay. Fair enough. Hey man, you're allowed to have your opinions. Yeah. This is America. It's okay to be wrong. My, uh, my kind of two... <laughs> I would say closing-ish comments on this. Uh, first and foremost, I really appreciate that the writers took, because um, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I play Dungeons & Dragons. I'm a storyteller. I love that shit. Okay. And I really appreciate that the magic is more grounded in this series, because watching, like, the throwback Sabrina, Bing. it was, the magic had no sense of rules or limitations. It also had, it no, like, per- it had no personality either. Bing. What, the magic? Yeah, and, and the original. I would say so, yeah. Bing. But it was kind of like, Clitting. hey, you have a problem. Here's a very convenient solution. Yeah. But in this one, there's chance. There's, you know. Uh, Research that evolves. Props. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that goes into making the magic work. And I do appreciate that because the magic in this world, yes, it's the solution. But the solutions are not without the preparation and limitations of and, the real world. And consequences. Kind of and consequences, Absolutely. And I really do appreciate that because that was something that I was like really, really bugged me with the OG Sabrina. Because we, like I said, we started watching it and we had fun with it, but part of me was like, man, this magic system sucks. Yeah, I agree. And uh, real quick, uh, we'll do a sort this, a final sort this. If Sabrina from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was in a Howard house, which one would she be in? Go. Mm, I, I haven't narrowed down to two houses. My first kind of choice would be Ravenclaw because she uses a lot of sort of intelligence and play from that. But uh, Gryffindor is the other strong contender because she's she's brave to the point of being fucking stupid and negligent and almost even reckless in a lot of her actions. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're looking at a standpoint of her as a whole, I would say Gryffindor. And that's kind of my my stand on it. That's that's going to change. Oh yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Good copy. You're gonna, your total opinion is gonna. She's gonna, she's gonna sit, ha, get into a conversation with Zelda. You're gonna be like, I'm wearing my Slytherin shirt. Is she gonna make me proud? All right, good copy. Yes, sir. Uh, like I said, she's gonna have a conversation with Zelda. You're gonna be like, okay, I see you. I know where you're going. Cool. My other, my one other thing was that uh, I think, and I get it. It's an adaptation of you know the comic series. I think they could have kept Salem as the sassy asshole, nah. and it would have worked. Nah. 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 I have no interest in that. Copy that. Yes, sir. All right. So that wraps up episode number 93 of the Second City Kids podcast. 93. We will see you here back next week for 94. Closing in on 100. I'm going to say it. On the road. On the road again to 100. And until then, uh, you can go ahead and like us on all the, the, the stuff. All the iTunes and the Google Plays and the Google Podcasts and the Spreaker, Spreaker radios and the Stitcher, Stitcher radio. radio. Podbean, Spotify. All that good stuff. iTunes podcasts. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, leave a, a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a rating and, and like a quick uh, review for us on those on those things and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah. Catch us on Twitter at Second City Kids J. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Leave us comments and, you know, maybe get back to you. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. And until then, we will see you. Deuces.